Good evening. We are on our second day of our parish mission. The purpose of mission is not that, you know, we have come to learn something new, which we didn't know. But according to me, the very purpose of the mission is that, you know, to refocus our lives, is to put us back into the perspective, is to renew ourselves, you know, renew ourselves in our faith so that we begin our life again. So this renewal takes place in us constantly so that, you know, we redirect our lives and continue our journey. In Mother Teresa of Calcutta, I quote her very often because she's such an influence in my life. And she was speaking to her sisters, and she told them, Dear sisters, love does not live on words, nor can it be explained by words. Especially that love which serves God, which comes from him, and which finds him and touches him. And we must reach the heart, and to reach the heart, we must do. Love is proved in deeds, and love of Christ should be a living bond between us. Then the world will know that we are true missionaries of charity. And this words of St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, it resonates the reading that we heard from St. John. And that's the focus of our mission today. And yesterday we had been talking about love of God, you know, how God loves us, the depth of his love, the vastness of his love. And how personally and intimately he loves us. And today, let's also focus on how does that love of God affect me? If it does not affect me, then the love of God is just an abstract. So it doesn't become personal. If the love of God is personal, he loves me deeply, then, you know, it also evokes a response from me. So how do I respond to his love? And to response to love is love. You must have heard of Joshua Bell, a very renowned violinist, a concert violinist, and he wanted to do an experiment, the experiment, and it's a very interesting experiment. In the year 2007, on January 12th, at 7.12 in the morning, he played his violin in, in the Washington, D.C. subway. And he played like five pieces, beautiful pieces of music, for almost like 45 minutes, and more than 1,000 people passed by. And in all that time, it's only like seven people just stopped to listen to him. And he is so popular that probably a week or two 
ago, before he played the violin here, he gave a concert in Boston. The average ticket was sold for $100, and many were standing in queue to get the tickets. He was so popular. And here he's playing for free, and nobody's stopping to listen to him. And the video is on the YouTube. It's only seven people stop to listen, and most of them were children. So the message this video gives is that, like, we are getting blind and deaf to the beauty. And because the people were so busy with themselves, their own activities, they couldn't hear or they were deaf to this beautiful music that was being played. Now they saw the person, they knew something is happening, but they could not stop to listen to see what it is. So the love of God is that, you know, it's all around us. If we can open our eyes of faith and see, the, the love of God just surrounds us. It's all around us. Only what it demands is that we just stop from being busy for ourselves and take a look at it. His love is around us. It's in the nature. It's in you. It's in me. It's in all that we do. The love of God keeps revealing. It's only that we need to stop. We need to stop to see that beauty of God's love. We need to stop to listen to that beauty of God's love, the music of God's love. St. Francis de Sales, he offers four steps to assess our relationship with God. Or we say, in the better words, we could say how to grow in God's love. And before getting into these four steps, it just he also focuses his spirituality on the, the little virtues. And recently, Pope Francis, you know, he wrote an apostolic exhortation on the universal call to holiness. But actually, St. Francis de Sales had already written a book like 400 years ago on the universal call to holiness. And even the Vatican, too, was so much influenced by his teaching on that. And he says that we don't have to do the heroic deeds to be holy. All that we need to do is that do a simple acts of love every day. It's like being gentle or being patient. And when it comes to patient, you know, most of us are, not most of us, let me, all of us are good and we're all patient with the other people, but the problem is, you know, we are so impatient with ourselves and so impatient. And he says that, like, be patient with everything and first of all, with yourself. And the humility According to St. Francis de Sales, he said, this is the mother of all virtues. And if we acquire this, the virtue of humility, and then, you know, everything else comes along. And humility also lets us know what we really are and what God is. So in front of him, when we stand, we realize our worth, and it makes us really humble. And the small acts of mercy and charity in our everyday life 
and the small acts of gratitude is that, is that what we need to adopt in our daily lives and daily activities. Even at times, maybe a smile, and we do not know what the other person is facing. Maybe he is in a different world altogether. A kind word, a smile, probably can change his whole life. We do not know. So it can bring a lot of change. It can put people back into perspectives. And it's not that how much we do that is pleasing to God, but how much love we put in in doing that. That's what it matters, how much love we put in what we do. And before getting into the steps, I just wanted to uh, talk about one of the biblical figures which normally we don't talk, or at least I have not spoken about this figure, the biblical figure so far, and I have not heard anyone preaching on it either, Mary Magdalene. It's maybe because it's like a mistaken identity. There's a lot of misconception and confusion around. And also, before her conversion, you know, she was a big sinner. She was an adulterous woman. And there is a confusion that the penitent woman, as we read in the Gospel of Luke, who wiped the feet of Jesus with her tears, so people identify Mary Magdalene with her, and also like the woman from whom the seven demons were driven out. Again, we read in the Gospel of Luke. So she's identified with that woman. She's also identified with Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus of Bethany. And there's no agreement among the scholars. And some say that all these three are Mary Magdalene. And some say these are all different women. But that's not our question. It doesn't matter to us if she was the same person or it was all different. But one thing is sure that she was a sinner before she met Jesus. And after she met Jesus, she transformed. She was converted. And this conversion was so much so that, you know, she was the first one, as all the four Gospels tell us, that the first one to witness the resurrection, which is the basis of our Christianity, basis of our faith. And her conversion to Christ means that, like, it was a new life to her. She started, or she began to think and live her life entirely different. The people she met, the work she did, our daily activities. So everything was different. She was a new person. So it was a conversion to Christ was like a new person to her. And the goal of her life was different. The reason why she lived was different. The person for whom she lived was different. So it was a new beginning, a new start. So that's what made in her the conversion. Conversion changed her totally transformed her. And in this process of conversion, we also see that, you know, probably she 
she must have been a very influential woman for the life she lived. It's not that she was probably very wealthy, as the Gospels tell, because she gave out of her resources. She helped. So she, she had wealth, she probably with the people that she moved, she must have had a lot of influence. So she could have used those influences to dominate the disciples. But here, you know, she tried to balance between the love that she had for Jesus and the other kinds of loves. So that love for Christ dominates in all the activities. And as she kept growing as his disciple, we also see that like Jesus becomes the focal point of our life. She moves with Jesus and she's with him. The day in and day out, you know, the whole focal point of Mary Magdalene was Jesus. Totally it was Jesus. So her daily activities were centered around Jesus. So she felt and she lived in the presence of Jesus. So that means like she was in the presence of God all the time. So that was the transformation that brought him. And now coming to the four steps that St. Francis de Sales want to talk about in loving God. So this, why I gave the example of Mary Magdalene is because it resembles the four steps of St. Francis de Sales. He says the first stage of loving is that the conver- stage of conversion to Christ. And it's a stage of beginners, he say, although that some ways it applies to all of us. And the spiritual journey is so unique and mysterious that, you know, we can come back to where we have started, maybe after advancing in some stages. Again, we are there in the same place where we began. And in this stage, it's a stage of embracing a new way, a thinking and acting in a new way. And it's also a way of giving up our habitual way of thinking, habitual way of doing, and habitual way of conversations, or habitual way of living, like kind of a routine life. It's giving up that routine life and embracing a new life. New life based on the life of Christ. So here in this life, what we, St. Francis de Sales, he tells us is that, like, as this, the transformation in us takes place, you know, slowly, you know, we lose that affection to sin. And he says that's good. But what we still need is that not just an affection to sin, not that we stop sinning, but he says we should stop also having an attachment to sin. And stop sinning and stopping attachment to sin, both are different. And not having an attachment to sin is really hard. It's very hard. So it takes a lot from us to get into this stage. So he says this is the goal. The goal of us when we love God, when we respond to his love, is that not that we stop sinning, but also to stop getting attached to this sin. And 
from there he says, you know, we move to the second stage. And this second stage is a stage of balancing the love of God and the love of things. And all of us love a lot of things. We do. And it is, he says that here in this second stage, what we need to focus is to love things in God and love things for God. So in all this love, whatever things we love, you know, God becomes a focal point there. And here we move forward in our spiritual journey of prayer and repentance. And here we begin to realize that, you know, our loves are not balanced. Sometimes we might love maybe food more. Sometimes we might love pleasure more. Sometimes we might love reputation more. Or sometimes we might love something else more. So it's all the time, it's not the love of God that dominates in us. So that's why he says that, you know, we find as we move, as we advance in our spiritual journey, we, that's the time we realize that, you know, we are not striking a balance in our love, love of God and love of things. And then he tells, there are also souls who have progressed to some extent in the love of God and have cut away whatever love they have for dangerous things, but still entertain dangerous and superfluous loves. This is because they cherish in an excessive way and with too tender and passionate a love something that God wishes them to love. So this may be like Sometimes, as we said, the possessions or the success or the power or health. And these are all important. We need them. We need to love them. But the question is the emphasis. So they should not be overemphasized. The emphasis is always on the love of God. So that is the stage, the second stage. And from here, we go to the third stage. It says that the third stage is to become aware of the divine presence in the ordinary things of life. And he says, there are other souls who love neither things superfluous nor with superfluity, but love only that which God wills and as God wills. Blessed are such souls, for they love God, their friends in God, and their enemies for God. They love many things together with God, but none of them unless in and for God. So here, when a person reaches this third stage of loving God, so he becomes aware of God all the time. You know, it's like easy for all of us to become aware of God's presence when we enter the church. You know, like there's no one who is not aware. And even like when we do our personal prayers or when major things happen, we are aware. But when we do ordinary things, when we are doing like daily chores of life, or maybe you're driving or you're working, so can you become aware of God's presence? So what is inviting us or telling us is that like this is when you get into this stage you are becoming a contemplative in action that means you're constantly in the presence of God 
So work doesn't affect you, it doesn't distract you. So everything we keep doing, but at the same time, we continually feel the presence of God with us all the time. So that is the stage three into which we grow. And from there he says, the fourth stage is the stage of loving. The stage of loving is, he says, loving. And this, he says, is a very rare, and according to him, he says, only Blessed Mother, the Mother of Jesus, reached this stage. This is difficult to reach, and this is so rare, because here the person himself you know, becomes love. Means he has put on Christ completely. So he thinks, he acts, and he lives like Christ. And the other words he used for this is the holy indifference. The holy indifference is that not that you're indifferent to things, but, you know, it makes you, nothing affects you. It's like, suppose someone insults us, you know, like you're angry. Nothing affects you. The actions of the other person, the response of the other person doesn't affect you because, you know, you're grown above your emotions. You're grown above your feelings. So you are in that state of love, so that way anything that's lower than that, nothing would affect. And same thing happened. Why he tells that Blessed Mother is because when those swords pierce her heart, you know, she felt pained, she was hurt, she was deeply wounded, she cried, but the love for God did not diminish. She saw everything in that, in that whole, in that love, in the whole parameters of love. She could not see anything beyond this. It was all within that framework of love for her. So that's why she could accept that. It was painful, but she accepted, surrendered. So that's a stage, he says, you know, that's all of us are invited to grow to, and we are all called to grow to, and we are all created to grow to. The fourth stage, that is to become a love. And these four stages, you know, the Holy Spirit, will, Holy Spirit will help us to move from one stage to the other. And these stages are not discrete. You know, at times, you know, you begin stage one, you advance to three, and then you realize you're back to one. And the spiritual journey, what can happen is that it's very dynamic. You know, it goes sometimes forward, it also goes backwards. It keeps happening to us. You know, some days you're going forward, you're so happy, then you're at the bottom again. But we shouldn't stand there, you know, keep growing, start again. So this keeps happening all the time. And in this spiritual journey, the beautiful thing is that we are not alone. So we are a community. And the Holy Spirit will keep giving us the signals. And at times we may not recognize them, but others may do recognize. So that's how we help each other. We help each other in our spiritual journey. It could be the spouses. It could be friends. So we help each other in our spiritual journey so that, you know, so then we grow in our spirituality. So that's what we call the maturity in love. That is when we are able to help 
when we are able to help others also to grow, when we are able to receive the help from the others to grow, see, we are growing in the maturity of love. And our friendship with the Holy Spirit and our spirit of love, you know, they are the keys to spiritual growth. <laughs>